Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Show. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined by Michael Leone. In this episode, we are going to talk about our Scott Fishbowl number nine draft strategy. As always, make sure to check out rotoexperts.com if you want customized cheat sheets and projections and rankings for any of your leagues or the Scott Fishbowl, whatever you want. Uh, that is all available on rotoexperts.com. For $39.99, you can get 10% off of that price using the promo code MATIC. Now, let's get into the Scott Fishbowl 9 strategy. I pick eighth overall. Leone, where do you pick? I pick fifth overall. I think I like my spot a bit better than than your spot. Yeah, I like I like your spot a lot better because Kelsey is in play for you. There's no way he gets to me. Yeah, Kelsey's in play for me. I feel like I'm a little bit lighter on the Kelsey love in this format than you are. I definitely get it because you get the extra half point per catch for a tight end. You also get an extra half point per first down. So the fact that you know, tight ends don't get as many first downs as receivers and running backs is mitigated a bit with that. So I do think Kelsey's in play, but I'm hoping that because of that tight end premium scoring, because of the super flex aspect, that someone uh, gets a little bit cute in the top four and does something off the board with either Kelsey or Mahomes. And that gives me one of the top four running backs because I I still feel like my strategy is pretty similar to a lot of the best ball strategy that I've been doing where I'd love to have the foundational running back to start and then absolutely pound receivers. And you start so many receivers, like three to seven receivers, I believe you can start. And I think that uh, is even more reason than a regular league to go super wide receiver heavy early. Yeah. Uh, I, so I think eight. So that's, that is a tough spot for you because it's going to be like Melvin Gordon, DJ or top receiver. Or do you like take Ertz or Kittle really early? If DJ gets to me, I will take him. If DJ doesn't get to me, do you think taking Kittle at eight is horrible? I I don't I don't think it's good. I think I think the tight end stuff is mitigated a little bit by some of the roster spots. As friendly as tight end scoring as it is. With it being super flex, with only needing to start one tight end, even though you can start more, uh, the way I have it, I, I tried to run some projections based off our detailed projections. They're not perfect, but I've got, you know, Ertz and Kittle around 300-ish fantasy points, uh, and I've still got, you know, the running backs, like, and the receivers that you can draft like 30, 40 points ahead. And I understand that you have to take into consideration the gaps that you're going to see later on in tight end, but because you're starting so many receivers and, and more, even more running backs, I still think that, you know, DJ or receiver is a better pick than Kittle. Yeah, the fact that the fact that you only start one tight end probably does make it bad because the positional value of Hopkins, like even even more so than a normal league where there's ten starters or whatever, where you it's like two running back, two wide receiver, and a flex or either two flexes. The fact that you're required to start three wide receivers does probably make like Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, like their their value I think probably goes up like a like another standard deviation. Yeah, and one thing we talked about before we jumped on the podcast too, 
you get five points bonus for every 50 yards rushing or 50 yards receiving the receivers of receivers, running backs and tight ends. The receivers are the guys that are most likely to hit that bonus, you know, at 50, 100, even getting up to 150, that's 15 points of bonuses on yards, you know, plus right. your usual 15. That's a 30 point, you know, outing just based on yardage. So a guy like Julio Jones with super high yards per target, going to see tons of targets. I think, you know, he challenges Nuke as number one. I think him and Julio might even go a little underrated because people are looking at the tight end premium. They're looking at the super flex for their quarterbacks when uh, these receivers that are going to rack up these big yardage games. And you just don't see running backs with as much in terms of high yardage outputs anymore because you're not, you know, you're not getting they're 30 passing carries. More. They're just, yeah. they're just passing more. There's only so many guys. Yeah. That are going to get 20 plus carries and you need the situation nowadays to be right. You're not getting 20 plus carries and negative game script. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the, the one thing with the top four running backs, Barkley and I, you know, I, I consider it a top five. Most people have a, a market tier after Kamara, but I think, I think David Johnson is in that tier just given what we are projecting for the Arizona offense. So I think the reason those five guys are justifiable first round picks is because they're going to have lots of games where they get the double bonus. Uh, and I ran in my article, I basically showed like last year, the running backs just got the double bonus way often and there's going to be two or three times a year where those guys get the quadruple bonus where they get 100 receiving yards and 100 rushing yards I think McCaffrey did it three times last year Kamara did it twice Zeke did it once and Barkley did it either once or twice and so like those weeks where you're getting so you add 20 bonus points on top of 20 points and then you add the receiving points and then you add the first downs. Like there's going to be like 60 fantasy point weeks from those running backs a couple times. Yeah. And I do think like one of the things that my projections might not take into account as well is that 50 yard bonus. Cause I'm kind of working backwards from, we've got a formula for probability for hitting a hundred yard bonus because that's something that's more standard in leagues. Yeah. We don't have something for every 50 yards. So I kind of worked backwards from that 100-yard bonus to do the 150-yard bonus and the 50-yard bonus. And I do think that there are a lot of running backs in the receiving game who are unlikely to hit the 100-yard bonus, and that's reflected in our projections. But they can hit 50, like you said. Like, they can hit the 50-yard bonus a decent bit. You know, you get five catches for 50 yards. You know, and so I think I might be underrating some of those pass-catching backs a little bit because – of their ability to, you know, 50 yards rushing, 50 yards receiving, even though it's not a huge day in either, you're getting 10 bonus points just based on yardage if you hit both those benchmarks. Yeah, so I, I think I think elite running back, Travis Kelsey, or elite wide receiver is kind of the like, – I don't I, – I just w- – with this so scoring – basically not quarterback. Basically not Mahomes and not Kittle or Ertz. I think – like I think the first – like yeah. I just think – I think spending your first-round pick on Patrick Mahomes in this format – even with the super flex is just, I just think it's bad. I, I, do I tried to bump up quarterback value as much as I could. And I get him to 15th, you know, on my board, even that's a little early. The difficult part is I think everyone's going to overrate quarterbacks and you do need two to three of them. And if everyone overrates them, like at some point you're going to have to take one earlier. I mean, you you're going to have to, you're so, going to have so you to, have to choose one. when that point is though. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're saying, 
and I agree with you, Mahomes isn't a first-round pick, but, like, if you're saying, oh, I'm not going to take Mahomes in the first round because that's too early, I'm not going to take Baker in the third, in the second round because that's too early, then you might end up taking someone in the seventh round that's also four rounds too early. So at some point, you have to decide, okay, you know, I'm pulling the trigger on at least one of these. That's going to be the toughest part for me is when to pull the trigger on quarterback because I know they're going to go faster than I want them to. And, you know, when do you take the value hit? Because So I'm, I'm set up to do it with my third-round pick. I'll take Ben Roethlisberger, Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott. Like, who, like that's, kind of, that's kind of what I'm planning on now. And then also I think something that people don't account for is they don't treat quarterback like a position with, like, big uh, attrition. But actually, I, there's, like, a crazy stat last year. Like, there was, like I – think, I think there was 49 quarterbacks who started a game last year. So something that I'm going to do the back – like, I'm probably going to take Daniel Jones, uh, Drew Locke, uh, Ryan Tannehill, like someone who's a backup quarterback but is like mm-hmm. pretty likely to get a start at some point during the year because – How many those, spots do we have again? There should be 11 because there's 11 starting spots and there's 22 roster spots. Yeah, and that, may, that makes feel- a ton of sense to stash those guys. And the thing with quarterbacks, the other – that like – part of the reason why you take him later is when a guy is starting, even if he's bad, even if his team's bad, like his baseline level points is just high. Whereas at running back, you know, if you could start a guy and he could be a goose egg on a week or low single digits, you know, that's, yeah, like a starting quarterback is not happening at quarterback. Yeah. Like a starting quarterback should get you like 12 to 15 points and just like a pretty average outing. Yeah. Especially in today's day and age with how much, you know, yeah. and and the interceptions are weighted a little bit more. So what that is going to do is like when people see that they they want to jump towards the elite quarterbacks anymore. But like interceptions are pretty random, and especially with the randomness induced in this league, where if the reception is returned for a touchdown, it's another minus two points. There's like there's no way to project that, right? Like there that that is just total random. The pick six. I mean, I would assume just the more likely are to throw interceptions, the more likely are to throw pick sixes. Um, there might be some guys that the type of interceptions. Yeah. Matt, Matt Schaub, he loves it's to throw not, pick six. Yeah. It's not something that's worth figuring out though. Yeah, no, it's not worth accounting for at all. So I, so that's my, my general strategy with quarterbacks is like, you're not going to get good value. I'd like to have one guy who I feel confident has like a pretty good shot at finishing top, 10 at the position so that would be the guys I mentioned like Roethlisberger Dak someone who I actually like a lot in this format is Lamar Jackson because he is going to pick up bonus points rushing a lot and I don't know if that's going to be accounted for by ADP at all I think that makes a lot of sense I'm trying to pull up my Lamar Jackson but I was thinking that as I was going through it he's going to get the 50-yard rushing bonus. He's also – we've got him with – I'm trying to think. Just based off some, like, back-of-the-napkin math, you know, 43 first downs rushing. Rushing, which yeah. Is, which is, you know, another 20 fantasy points. That's more than a fantasy point a week. Uh, you're picking that up against a Jameis Winston who, you know, we project for, like, 10 to 15 first downs. Yeah. You know. It's like they're, they're that, like, the rushing That's also, like – the first down formula I did too was based off carries too, not off yards per carry because it's just easiest. Yeah, to do. quarterbacks are much more likely to get a first down on a carry because they average more yards per carry. And also the gap between Lamar and Jameis, like Lamar's 
a much higher yards per carry guy, um, I would imagine. Uh, Four point seven last year, but he literally set he literally set the record for rushing attempts by a quarterback in like seven starts. Yeah, but yeah, the the point is, if you're getting him at thirty more first downs than other quarterbacks, that's a you know that's a point a week. It's a half point per first down, so that's a point a week if you get him about thirty more first downs. Um, you know that's you know not a trivial amount and then also when you throw in the bonus at you know he's not likely to get that 300 yard bonus but he's going to hit the rushing bonus for 50 yards quite a bit so I'm looking at our projected bonus points for him is like 36 and for Mayfield it's 28 so I think a lot of people will see the 300 yard bonus for passing and look at it as a knock on Lamar but when you look at the ability for him to pick up those 50 yards rushing consistently he actually is probably going to have the most bonus points out of any of the quarterbacks except for maybe like a Deshaun Watson he, he might he might not hit for Cam Newton but like he's going to be very close like he's going to have more probably have more bonus points in bigger Mayfield I don't think the person who looks at it at first glance is going to realize that he might not hit the 300-yard passing bonus all year long. Lamar? Um, like I wouldn't be surprised. No, he might not. But And we've got him, as far as 300-yard passing games, we've got him with one. You know, we've got him basically a little bit over one on average. And the other quarterbacks are at like, you know, four to seven most of them and even with that gap projected in we have them with more bonus points yeah so I like that that third fourth round spot for me is like probably where I'm gonna take my first quarterback I would love for my draft to be one of the drafts that does not overly value the quarterbacks like I wish we could just all make an agreement somehow like okay let's be the draft that doesn't go crazy on quarterbacks but you know, I've done, I've done, I've done these drafts. I think this is my fourth one, and I, I've never been in a league where quarterbacks weren't crazily overvalued. It's just the way. Yeah. So, I'm hoping to like get Jameis in four, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Just I know he's really not. Happen. He's not. He's not going to. You, you'd be four oh five. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, the way I've got stuff, like I think, I think I can. I think I'm going to get a decent quarterback in four at four oh five. Um, things could break. I think, I think you, you don't could, think I could get Lamar in this scoring system. We have like we have like Lamar and Baker like close. I mean, so Baker like, might go. In I like can get Lamar. I'm not going to get Baker, but you don't think I could get Lamar in four? I think maybe you could, but there's like there's definitely a chance where you're sitting there in the fourth round, and it's like so you got Lamar and you have Josh Allen sitting there at the start of the fourth round, and then after that you have like the. Josh Rosen, Fitzpatrick, Nick Bowles, Andy Dalton tier, and then all of a sudden, like right before you, Lamar Jackson goes, and then you're just you're just tilting. You're just like really unhappy. There's yeah. there's definitely a scenario where that happens, and and it it could yeah. be a thing. I'm like but- not even including the negative four for interceptions like into my projections because if I do that, then it's just like absolutely game over for quarterbacks like in my rankings like I'm like fudging them upwards just so that my rankings like just just yeah just a little bit represent what's actually going to happen because you want your rankings to like be theoretical to some you know match some theoretical value that you come up with but at the end of the day 
if they're not baking in the market at all and you end up with no starting quarterback, like you're not going to be able to go, well, they all went too early. Like you're screwed. Yeah. You're just going to lose. Yeah. Like you, like at a certain point you just have to succumb to it. I, I actually think maybe I would maybe take Jameis with my third round pick and just feel like, like if, if that, if that ends up happening, then fine. You know. I'm I'm trying to wait to four because I, I just think I think the way I have a lot of these quarterbacks I have the gap like not that wide between once you get past some of the obvious ones and I have some of the guys that people don't like because of the rushing bonus and stuff like I've got Cam ahead of Baker in projections I've got Kyler ahead of Baker I know people are going to take Kyler early anyways but I, I just think that. I'm going to be able to get hopefully either a, a rushing quarterback in four or if not, I mean, you can always take like a Rivers and Matt Ryan. Like they're fine. Yeah, I, I that is I always been a fine guy in four. And I think the edge you're going to get, if people are taking them early too, like that receiver that you're going to get in round three should be. You could, like, theoretically, there's a way where this goes where, like, if Ertz and Kittle go super early, too, and then people take, like, 10 quarterbacks early, you could could start a draft, theoretically, like Hopkins, Odell, Smith-Schuster with your first three picks. That's, like, a real thing that could happen if the quarterback is crazy. Yeah, you're probably going to get somebody super valuable in round three if the quarterbacks go crazy. Yeah, but at the same point, then at some point – like, also, there's, like, a – I don't know. Maybe there's a small edge in just accepting you're you're not going to be starting a quarterback in the super flex in some weeks. Like maybe you just wave sure. the white flag and you take your one guy, and then for the other weeks you're starting Robert Woods in the super flex instead of instead of Case Keenum. You know. And you know what? I think that with this being an overall prize structure, like if you're really going to try and hit the home run versus over a thousand teams, I think there are in this. You know, you've got your league, but then to win the actual finals of everybody in it, that that makes a lot of sense. Like, get your one quarterback because you need one, and then just crush everyone at receiver. Like, go super heavy receiver, and then stash some quarterbacks. Rosen late, Daniel Jones late. Um, work the wire, as you said. You know, injuries happen at quarterback. Like, there's more. I mean, the wire is the wire is pretty thin. I spent, it's I spent, thin, uh, like, if like Rivers goes down, you know, Tyrod's going to be Tyrod. Yeah, wire, I spent, right? I spent 100 percent of my waiver budget last year before the season started on Alfred Morris, and like, I, I, I it didn't come back to haunt me at all. Like, I, I think maybe yeah, there was one good. quarterback I missed out on during the course of the year, and like, whatever, you know, I, I, but I think I started Alfred Morris like five times. So whatever, you know, it worked out. Yeah, I do think that's probably what I'll try to do. I'll probably try and make sure I get one quarterback I'm comfortable with. And then, you know, I'll play, I'll see what the room does. You know, if quarterbacks fall, unsurprisingly, I'll take them. But if they don't, I'll try and get that one quarterback in four and then just get someone remotely usable as late as I can possibly wait. And then maybe stash two guys like you suggested at the top of the show. Yeah, and I um, I guess my my overall plan is to focus most of my early round resources into wide receivers. I just think like especially mid tier yeah. running backs. Like, I mean, like I would take I probably in this format I would take like Marquez Valdez Scantling over Lamar Miller, and there's like a two round discrepancy between those players in ADP. Like I, I I would like to have five wide five or six wide receivers by the time the double digit rounds come. 
Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I'm looking, you know, the bonus structure is weird. It's tough to figure out that I feel like a lot of this stuff, as crazy as the scoring is, some of it kind of comes out in the wash, which is why I'm not as gung-ho on the, the tight ends and the quarterbacks. I'm kind of just sticking to my usual strategy, which is a heavy wide receiver strategy early. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. I do have some of the mid-tier running backs ranking a little bit higher um, than in my normal ranks, but um that that would but, that, make but sense. you also have but that's from bonuses. yeah you have to, that's from a pure projection standpoint like when you're there's more to it than pure projection when you're going like a f- modified zero rb it's all the macro reasons why we like to take receivers heavier um you know for yeah. the spiked weeks for uh, the I mean, injuries teams. kill you in this format so bad yeah. because you're you're and, really not getting a good replacement off the wire like if, if one of your yeah. first five round picks gets hurt like you're you're not going to compete and that's just kind of the way it is yeah and if you take a bunch of you know zero rb targets later like walking into a starting running back in a league like this for free so big just such an edge whereas at receiver there's really nothing comparable like and i mean there's breakout players but there's no one that like oh julio goes down like no one steps up and becomes yeah russell gage is not turning into julio jones if julio jones gets hurt it's just not the way it works yeah, whereas as we've seen in Pittsburgh, Lad Bell goes down, you've got an RB one, whoever. I will. I will play. actually probably in the later rounds. So we talked about this in our zero RB article that you can find on RotoExperts.com. But Dink's like layered RB theory. I actually think kind of in like the fifteenth through twenty second rounds, I'm going to be focusing a ton on guys with who like two injuries, all of a sudden they become the starter. Like guys like Justin Jackson. Um, uh, Dontrell Hilliard in Cleveland, like guys like that, who instead of like offering the upside of like, you know, 20 snaps a week, five carries, five targets, I I actually think I'm going to focus more on like just total pure upside picks, like guys who could become like real starting running backs with a couple injuries. Yeah. And like with Ding's later approach, you know, just get some satellite backs and make just mix and match. You want the four guys to have to play. So you're not taking zeros before you hit on the guys that you're talking about, but you want those guys there so that later in the season, as things get weird, you have the ability to pick up so many points on the field. If you're taking a satellite back and substituting it for, you know, a borderline workhorse back, just because you got lucky with how injuries and roles broke. Yeah, and if I I also would really like there are like a couple guys who I'm really prioritizing getting at tight end. I would really like to leave my draft with Jack Doyle and Ricky Seals Jones because I think if things break right for them or even break kind of like how we are projecting, I think they have the chance to be two of the biggest ADP busters because like 80 80 target seasons from those guys would be like massive in this scoring compared to where I think they're going to be drafted. Yeah, the tight end stuff's really interesting to me. I feel like, you know, Chris Herndon's a guy I've taken in a lot of drafts that I could see in like round, you know. I think he is a candidate to be overdrafted in this, given the suspension and given some of the offensive concerns. He's like a really great best ball guy. But something I noted in my article is that with how like yardage and catch driven this stuff is, like I think touchdowns are actually kind of like from the wide receiver and tight end perspective, like an eight touchdown season might get beat by like a 65 catch 
uh, 850-yard season, like, uh, with four touchdowns, just kind of based on, like, if, if a bunch of those catches go for first downs. Yeah, it's just, yeah, but the, I mean, the biggest way to predict the first downs is, you know, just predicting targets. Yeah, so you just guys. You, Dude, our t- I, I wonder. Guys that'll if, have lower efficiency, but just a lot of targets, I think, is what we're getting at. So the way that um, the scoring works for like official NFL scoring, do touchdowns count as first downs? I I, I don't even know the answer to that question. Think so? I don't think so, but I, I'm not a hundred percent certain. Um, there's just going to be like I I'm there's going to be like 300 point scores in this league. I'm like really looking forward to it. Yeah, there's it's there's going to be some really wild weeks if you have a a week where a couple of receivers go for 150 like you're just going to have an absurd week. So just boil down to me your overall philosophy that you're trying to use to uh to draft in the Scott Fishbowl get like your your top 5 takeaways for for people listening to this who just want the answers to the to who just want the answers to the test. All right, top 5 takeaways don't overvalue quarterbacks and tight ends with the gimmicky scoring. A lot of it comes out in the wash, in my opinion, uh, two wide receivers are going to have the most insane week-to-week upside because they're the ones that are more likely to get those 150-plus yard weeks. Uh, three, I still want that bell call running back in the first round if I can get it. Yeah. If you're first half of the running back, I think like I'm fifth. I know you love Kelsey. I think I'd take DJ even over Kelsey if I had um, the pick there. How many was that? Three? I got. I have to do five. Yeah, I, I, I have four. One. I have one. Four. I'll just say Lamar Jackson, I think, is going to be a really, really good pick in the fourth round if quarterbacks go the way that I think they are. And five, um, I'm just going to steal yours, stash some quarterbacks that aren't starting and hope that you can walk into some value there. You know, if you walk into value at quarterback, walk into value at running back because you stashed guys that fell into roles that is such a huge edge so you draft all the receivers early with the exception of maybe that first round foundational running back and like one quarterback just to make sure you're not screwed yeah my I guess my biggest things would be the backup quarterbacks have more value than you realize uh aim for tight ends who could fall into like a a week-to-week like target role as opposed to like the touchdown scavengers like Jimmy Jimmy Graham to me is like worthless in this format because he might have an eight touchdown season but he'd probably do it on like 45 catches or whatever and like that's just gonna make him tough uh and and I but my biggest takeaway would be is you can start up to seven wide receivers so like you should just be drafting a lot of young potential breakout guys like just even guys who have not put a ton down like in terms of NFL production in their career, but just bank on the young guys. Like I just want to, I just want to load my roster because this is super t- Like this is basically the most top heavy sort of fantasy you can play. We're like, yeah, making it to the semifinal is cool. And that you get like, you know, Scott has lined up a bunch of cool prizes, but you want to win the whole thing. And actually we didn't even talk about this at all. Are you going to make any conscious effort to try and do any quarterback wide receiver stacking? I, I think I probably will. I, you know, I, I feel shame saying this, but what is the what is the exact playoff format? So it, it actually won't matter a ton in weeks 
uh, 13, 14, and 15 because you're just playing – you're playing in a 12-man league, first against your division, then against your conference, and then it's it's everyone in week 15 and 16. It's like a two-week playoff. But So yeah. having those spiked weeks available in 15, 16, especially because if you just think about how this breaks out, there's probably going to be some very similar rosters in those weeks because they're going to be filled with the same sorts of breakout players. My thought is – if I can do it, I'll do it, but I don't think it's as important as best ball. Part of the reason is we start, you know, so many players each yeah. week. Yeah, a lot of players. I think the correlation is offset a little bit. I'm trying yeah. to like think through this just with the fact that like you're gonna have to use those players and those scores anyways. Um, and it's not a best ball format where I mean, you have to set your lineup ahead of time. I don't know. I, I'm probably not going to make it a big priority. I feel like I'm taking enough chances with some other things in my strategy that stacking is not going to be. Yeah, you do have to make the choice in weeks 15 and 16 if you if you get there, right? So, like, you would still yeah. would have to be like, okay, am I going to start Justin Watson because he pairs up with Jameis Winston over Deion Kane? I just pulled a name out of a hat, but, like, that right. would be like, certainly quarterbacks there and you know you can get a receiver late on his team like it's a good tiebreaker but I'm not going out of my way to do it like in best ball sometimes I do although originally in best ball I said the same thing I'm not going out of my way to do it and then Anthony Amico did some really good research on our site and now I've been going a little bit more out of my way to do it as possible I'm overlooking it in this format too I have one other tip uh don't be afraid to blow like almost all of your fab like eight. So if in the preseason a running back goes down and his handcuff is out there, like, and he's, and you, you think a hundred dollars is what it's going to take to get him like uh, James Connor last year, if he wasn't drafted in your league, uh, Alvin Kamara tears his knee in the preseason, Boston Scott, like something like that. So I, I played this for four years. I think one year I ever saw the playoff swing on a fab guy late in the year. And it was the year, uh, it was two years ago when Kenyon Drake got hurt and uh, Damian Williams and, uh, or, or no, Jay Ajayi got hurt. And it was Damian Williams and some other Miami running back. And that it like swung one of the playoff weeks. But the chances that there is like a handcuff running back that's out there in week eight who is not rostered and is going to swing the rest of your league it's it's like pretty low that that's going to happen so like I would I would be I would definitely use my fab early as opposed to later because there's diminishing returns with how many weeks you get to start them as well yeah you can definitely be uh, aggressive fab early on that's something I struggle with sometimes because because it's probably not going to be a player that you think is worth that much fab. But then when you think through, you know, your opportunity cost and your likelihood of using all like that. Like adding money. an extra draft pick if it really is someone valuable. Like it, 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 yeah. re- it really can be that way. Or, or yeah. even a quarterback thing. Like if a, if a, okay, if a quarterback goes down in the preseason and there's a new starting quarterback, I don't even care who it is. It could be Sean Mannion. That dude is worth 100% of your fab. Like no, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and it's nice, you know, we don't have to worry about, like, kicker defenses rotating that crap, so. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to spend $2 a week to get the best streaming defense. for that, yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for us here on our Scott Fishbowl 9 strategy show. Make sure to check out rotoexperts.com. You can get access to the projections, at rankings, custom cheat sheets, everything that we discussed in this show. Our ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, which would be pretty helpful for this. And our ultimate guide to winning best ball leagues for $39.99. And you can get 10% off of that package using the promo code MATIC. 